right, welcome everybody out there, and especially if you're listening on International Shortwave on WBCQ out of Monticello, Maine on 7490. We welcome you. This is Amateur Radio Roundtable, and that's a show about ham radio, and uh, we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to do some different things tonight, but uh, we're glad to have you. Uh, uh, shortwave listeners, you know, many of us started off uh, as shortwave listeners, and uh uh, that's what this group's for. Shortwave listeners, uh, ham radio, electronics, you name it, we can do it. Join our Facebook group, if you will. We have a Facebook group called W5KUB, and uh, it has about 13,000 hams in it last time I looked at it. So um, we got a, a big group of uh, a lot of people uh, that uh, I think you'd enjoy uh, being in the group with. We talk about just about everything out there, ham, ham radio related, so please join it. Also, also, let's see. I need to remind you of this. Yeah, hey, if you will, man, hit that subscribe button. I, I, I know you. some of you don't know where it is, so I'm putting a little arrow there to show you kind of where to look for it. It's down in that area somewhere, or at least it's supposed to be. I don't know. So hit that subscribe button. Hey, hit the, hit the bell button if you want to get notified when we come on, because we do come on sometimes in the middle of the week in different times with special things going on, and uh, you don't want to miss it. As I mentioned, we're on uh, WBCQ. Let's see. Uh, yeah, there it is. WBCQ. Boy, hey, I wouldn't want to live up here, man. That's summertime. That's summertime in Maine right there, man. Oh, man. Woo. Hey, see what winter is. WBCQ, 7490. And we're on every podcast out there from iTunes to iNet Radio, Google Play. You can find us out there if you just want to listen to the show. So, uh, so thanks everybody for joining us tonight. And uh, hey, I, I've, I've been hearing from a few of our people that are uh, listening on our podcast. Send me an email if you listen to the podcast. Tell me how you enjoy it, what we need to do different, and uh, and uh, I'd just like to hear from you to see how well we're doing with our podcast because we don't get a lot of feedback on it. But uh, I saw the other day that we've had something like fifty thousand downloads here, so that's uh, that's not too bad. Uh, all right, so let's see. Let's uh, let's jump around the room here real quick with uh, our guest and with uh, with Glenn and see what's going on. So, Glenn, uh, come on in here and tell us what's happening down in Mississippi. Well, uh, let's see. I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, I told you a couple of weeks ago I had my air conditioner had to be replaced, and now we've got the pool getting refinished. Yeah. So got that, got the whole shack torn down, um, getting ready to put the, the new rigs up into place. But uh, really, for me right now, it's just been work and working on the book right now. It's getting close to deadline, so that's when I really start spending all the time working. Well, get that shack put back together so you can get on the air with us. Uh, and, I, you know, man, let me ask something, Glenn. I, I think I got way too much stuff over here, to tell you the truth. And as much as I make the cables really neat, in about 30 minutes, if you look back here, it looks like a rat's nest. How does that happen? Uh, I don't know, but mine's the same. I had everything nice and neat, and then I pulled the old rigs down, and uh, 
everything just looks like a rat's nest right yeah, now. Yeah, a rat nest. They're tied in knots. They're, they're tangled yep. up. You know, I, I, I just don't know, man. <clears throat> and, I, they, yeah. and they call this wireless. Yeah, right. Oh, well, yes. Tell you what, there's a lot of wires behind this desk over here, I tell you. Oh, there, there's so many wires. I mean, I, I hate to crawl back here. I might not come back out, you know. Well, hmm. I think I've got like seven runs of coax going up outside. Oh, man. So, you know, that's how much I've got running around in here. I mean, I can show you real quick. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of accessories and stuff besides that. You got watt meters and SWR meters and... But you can see all the cables just kind of yeah. laying around. Man, man, oh man. Well, Rich, do you have that problem? You're you're up in New Jersey, man. I, do you you got a whole basement, yeah, you, I you, think, you, don't you, to operate from? Yeah, you don't, you don't want to see the back end of, of my shack table uh, because it looks like his, maybe even more. <laughs> man. But, uh, yeah. Well, we need to, maybe that's, maybe. boxes full of. QRP stuff that uh, yeah. is put away until uh, I get it out to use it or take it out in the field with me. You know, maybe that can be a project that we do on a show one night, and we'll assign Glenn to, to do that segment to talk about how to tidy up all your cables and stuff. I think that might you be You can call neat. it Extreme Ham Shack Makeover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I volunteer mine. All right, all right. Hey, we got another person with us tonight, Dale Clonin, KC3TAU, and uh, Dale, uh, come on in here, man. You're uh, Tell us where you are. You're over somewhere around Washington, aren't you? That's right. Uh, thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I'm here in uh, Baltimore, uh, just south of the city uh, at uh, BWI Airport right now. Okay. All right. And you're a firefighter, and... Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about something you did tonight. You got involved in uh, some of the emergency nets and uh, Hurricane uh, Ian. Is it Ian? Yeah. Ian? Mm -hmm. Hurricane Ian. Yeah, Hurricane Ian. And uh, you were uh, uh, involved in, I think, some uh, rescue communications there. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. And uh, But you're a firefighter. You're on duty right now. So, yeah. so if the bell rings, we're going to watch you run Disappear. to the pole <laughs> we're gonna watch you run to the pole and slide down it okay that, that works for me all right and and if that happens uh we'll pick up next week where we left off uh, that means you'll have to climb up the pole and then come back in in front of the camera you know so but anyway uh that's uh that's great man we're glad to have you uh tonight thank you and uh, uh I, i'm looking forward to hearing the story uh, i read part of it in an article and uh uh, it sounded uh, really, really cool uh, what what you did there. All right, so um, hey, Rich, you want to go ahead and let's get started and talk about real quick uh, CQ Magazine, and I'm, I'm anxious to know what's coming up. All righty. Well, we know we're a couple of weeks behind schedule on the show, so the magazine is actually here, and uh, it's uh, our emergency communication special, as we do every October. So that fits right in with uh, what you're going to be talking with Dale about. And uh, it's uh, magazines out there now, both digital and print. So everybody who's uh, a subscriber to either of uh, our editions should definitely have it by now. And if you're not yet a subscriber, there's a great opportunity to still get it. Um, we've got uh, this uh, is our emergency communication special 
Well, we've got a whole lot of different things in here. We got a couple of different anniversaries and things like that. It's a so there's a, a lot of stuff. One of the things I want to start out with though is uh, we have made a few little changes to our contest policy regarding stations from uh, Russia and Belarus in light of the Ukraine war. Um, a, uh, we had previously limited stations in Russia and Belarus to submitting logs as check logs. Um, and after long discussions with members of our contest committee and contest community, we decided to loosen that up just a tiny bit. Uh, we, we still feel that uh, it's important to show that uh, the, the whole invasion is wrong and uh, to uh, that silence is, is acquiescence. So we, we cannot be totally silent on it. Um, but <clears throat> Starting with the CQ World VTX contest, uh, single sideband weekend coming up at the end of this month, stations in Russia and Belarus will be able to submit logs as usual. However, and the listings, they'll be listed where they are score-wise, but it will be like late logs that are, are designated as not eligible for certificates or plaques. They, they, and have their scores listed, but they're not going to be able to have certificates or plaques, not even, you know, the downloadable participation certificates. Um, and we also removed the restrictions on stations in the rest of the world contacting the uh, stations in, in Russia and Belarus. They will count for regular credit. Um, we realized that we were <coughs> essentially punishing hams around the world by removing a couple of zones from their possibility for scores. So uh, we've made those kind of little changes. Um, we're also going to be working to uh, either initiate uh, a humanitarian program to support the people of Ukraine, either through an existing organization or something entirely new. We'll be continuing to work on that. So uh, that's just a, a small tweak to the policy and uh, wanted to let people know about that. Effective with the CQ Worldwide uh, Sideband Weekend, which is October 29th and 30th, looking at the official CQ calendar. And speaking of calendars, I just got word today that our 2023-2024 calendars are in. We've got two different varieties this year, the traditional amateur radio calendar with uh, people and stations and activities and we also have something brand new this year the ham radio project calendar with a variety of, of different kinds of projects that have been featured in cq over the last couple of years so uh, get your choice of, of either one of those they are 14.95 plus shipping uh, shipping varies depending on whether it's uh, U.S., Canada, Mexico, or DX. But uh, that's your base price. So if you've pre-ordered, they should be shipping very soon. And uh, if you haven't ordered yet, there's still plenty of time. Just go to our website and uh, place your order. <clears throat> so looking at our MCOM special, we start with a really, really interesting story 
called MCOM from the Ground Up. It's about hands in Poland who basically had to create a whole emergency communications infrastructure. There has not been an MCOM structure in Poland as we're used to having here in the, in the United States and in several other countries. And over the last several years, this group called uh, the Masovian Amateur Radio Network has basically built an MCOM network in and around the capital city of Warsaw. And uh, they're getting a lot of a lot of good traction and uh, demonstrating amateur radio at aviation fairs and things like that. So it's a really fascinating article about uh, starting from scratch to build an emergency communications network where there was none before. In our emergency communications column, uh, K3PFW writes about a philosophical approach to go kits. Most of us know what a go kit is. Um, box or a bag full of radio gear to uh, take with you. And so John takes a look at, at a philosophical approach to it, which you really have to read to follow and understand. But it's, it's very, very useful reading. Uh, Scott Roosh, W9JU, who's a regular contributor to our MCOM special, is the uh, Saturn coordinator for Wisconsin and Upper Michigan. And uh, he's got an article this year on developing your radio voice, which, you know, those of us who grew up in broadcast radio know that <clears throat> the radio voice is something that sounds a little different from your regular speaking voice. Um, it's almost like that, but not quite. It's uh, more about how you enunciate and how you make your messages clear and concise than how low you can make your voice go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of good advice there. Or should I say, a lot of good advice there. I, I love that accent, man. We're, I love it. I why don't you do the hey do the rest of the show with that? If you can, it might be a little difficult. You know, hey, one of the things is you know, hey, one of the things people need to learn is get into the microphone and modulate that microphone a little bit. You know, that's one of the big things. Overmodulate either. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll give it a try here. No, you don't. Hey, you don't have to do it. I, 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 I know it'd be difficult, but you can try if you want to. Oh, let's see how long it lasts. Hey, 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 and we'll get everybody in the chat room to rate you on a one to ten. You know, if they like it or not like it. Okay, here we go. Just remember, my career in broadcast radio yeah, was brief. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on, we've got take you back to the 1950s and 60s. Classic rock and classic MCOM from the Los Angeles Emergency Communications Score Core, and uh, how MCOM was done in LA in the 1950s and 60s, that's by W0RW, who also has a second article in the 21st century on how to get amateur radio on the homepage of your local sheriff's department. Then we move into our anniversaries. <clears throat> this month, October, marks the 50th anniversary of our friends at MFJ Enterprises. Nin October 1972, Martin F.G. started with his first product and... Uh, He's been going strong ever since. We've got a piece on that, plus a CQ Classic. We've got two CQ Classics in this issue. Our first CQ Classic, 
is a report we did back in 2000 on taking a tour of the MFJ factory and uh, the rest of their facilities down in Mississippi. So we reprinted that. It's also this month, right, this uh, last week, the 65th anniversary of the Space Age, the launch of Sputnik in October of 1957, October 4th. And we've got a great story here on how high school hams tracked Sputnik. These group of high schoolers in Cleveland, Ohio, were featured all over the news uh, because they were among the first to actually monitor the signals coming down from Sputnik. And in fact, they had uh, the FBI come and take their tapes away. All right. <laughs> he got them back eventually. Um, their uh, advisor at the time, W8KTZ, wrote an article for CQ uh, in uh, 1958 about the experience. So that's our second CQ classic. Fame and fortune via Sputnik 1. And by the way, Michael Stimak, W8KTZ, is still with us. He is 99 years old and uh, still going strong from what I'm told. And moving from the 1950s to the 2020s, we follow that up with a story by KB2JRP called Aris to the Max. Norm, who works at the uh, Challenger Center in Paramus, New Jersey, put together a group of seven different Challenger centers to have an amateur radio on the International Space Station contact this summer. It was uh, quite a feat of coordination. We also have a little piece on NASA on the air. This is a program we just found out about. Unfortunately, it's been going on all year. Uh, Various NASA facilities around the country have been celebrating milestones of America's space program all year long. There's still stuff coming up. Um, And this month, from the 15th to the 25th, there's a special event celebrating the anniversary. I'm sorry, on the 15th. celebrating the 25th anniversary of the launch of the Cassini probe. Um, there's a special event on November 1st through 6th, and then on December 7th through 19th, and a special event celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 17 mission. So lots of cool stuff going on there. Plus, uh, Gordo in his short circuits column talks about twice the ISS excitement. Um, with new gear on the International Space Station, we've got a dual-band voice repeater as well as a packet digipeater accessible anytime that the space station is in view of your antenna. And uh, the only time they turn that off is when they're getting on to do voice. You never know. Coming back down to Earth, we've got uh, interesting battery stuff. Calibrating smart batteries with impedance tracking. A good way to, really good explanation by Isidore Buckman of uh, KDEX on uh, how smart batteries work and monitor their charges and and, uh, know when to stop and stuff like that. And then we have a little fun with the Flutenna, which is actually a two meter antenna, and there's also a 440 version made from a flute. Uh, this is put together by the Ham Club at the at Case Western Reserve University, um, where a lot of the club members are also musicians. 
and uh, one of the members donated a flute to the cause, and uh, they loaded it up on two meters and actually made contact. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, 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 I just got to say this. I I just got to say this. I I like that story. When I was a novice, well, actually, after I was a novice, I talked to this uh, old-timer over in Tennessee. I was in Arkansas. And uh, he uh, he had always a big signal. He was probably running, you know, 20,000 watts. Anyway, he told me I sounded like a piccolo. Now that kind of goes along with your your flute story there, but my signal sounded like a piccolo, so I don't know what the flute sounded like. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, um, I haven't heard it either, so I'm not sure, but uh, <clears throat> definitely put a, a couple of notes on the signal there. <laughs> and uh, we've got to wrap up our our feature stories. Two articles of. Memories from operating out of Antarctica. You think, uh, Tom, you mentioned to me you've got something coming up soon uh, relating to Antarctica. And these are two stories about uh, hams who were operating down there uh, different times. Uh, Ted Cohen, N4XX, and Stu Gilmore, W1FK, were both involved with the research in uh, the 50s and 60s, I think it was. I guess it was 61, 62. Actually, they were both there in 1961, uh, but in different places at different times. And uh, they reminisce about uh, their time there. Um, <clears throat> moving to our columns, in Matt's notes, we've got simple low-cost test equipment continued. Erwin does a simple oscilloscope tester in this issue, which is uh, easy to build and easy to use. For our shortwave listeners, our listening post column uh, reports on Algeria opening a powerful new shortwave transmitter and uh, Radio Australia, in quotes, returning to the air um, with very low power. It's called Shortwave Australia, actually. It's not really the old Radio Australia. Shortwave Australia is operating uh, from 4 megahertz and 2 megahertz. Uh, with uh, only 100 watts, so it's going to be rather difficult to tune them in, but it's a challenge, that's for sure. In our kit-building column, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, writes about a variable power supply kit. And in learning curve, KO0Z reviews the MFJ1836H cobweb antenna. Um, Very interesting antenna, somewhat like a hex beam, but a little different. And mm-hmm. in our antennas column, WA5VJB describes some really broadband antennas for uh, the gigahertz range that operate uh, basically using pizza uh, uh, platters, pizza dishes. So they're they're the antennas. So you got uh, interesting stuff there. In our uh, QRP column, low power, so you have to go really low with your. KA8SMA writes about the amazing Poto race. Parks on the air, and they have an annual program that he was involved with and writes about his fun with it. In our awards column, we've got awards from Hong Kong, which are really interesting. The Hong Kong Firecracker Award, the Nine Dragons Award, which is similar to Work Tall Zones, and a bunch of others. 
in our DX column, N2OO writes about USLing, the dying art thereof, and wants to get you to keep it alive, not necessarily with paper cards, although they certainly have their value, but talks about how to use OQRS, direct mail, bureau, but it's still really important to provide some confirmation of the contacts that you make. And uh, Bob's got some good tips on the best ways to uh, do that and to get the confirmation you need. In our contesting column, N3QE writes about some evolutionary and revolutionary changes in the rules for the ARRL sweepstakes. If you enjoy operating sweepstakes, definitely you should be reading this column and see uh, what uh, is changing. And finally, in our propagation column, Thomas Hood, NW7US, writes about the impressive progression so far of Sunspot Cycle 25. It is uh, outperforming the predictions of everybody except the Mavericks that we've been periodically reporting on who are predicting a very, very strong cycle, and it's beginning to look like they could be right because it's going where they were predicting it. So that's a look at the highlights of the October issue of CQ. Now available online at M stores and uh, in your mailbox. We have a subscription special going on at uh, our website, www.cq-amateur-radio.com. For each year that you sign up for, you get an extra issue. So instead of 12, 24, or 36 issues, you get 13, 26, or 39 issues, uh, print or digital and uh, applies to both of them, and you can do combos and all sorts of stuff. So between that special and the calendars, we've got plenty to throw you in there and uh, keep you informed and entertained every month of the year. I think that's about it for now. All right. Well, a lot of neat things going on there, and... You know, you did pretty good on the accent there for a while. You kind of faded <laughs> off, but I think you know, uh, I, I think you could be right up here with old Moon Dog. Who was that? Uh, Alan Freed, maybe. Well, yeah, good old Wolfman. <laughs> well, Wolfman, yeah. Alan Freed. Probably most of the people in our chat room don't even know who Alan Freed is, <laughs> including me. You don't know who Alan Freed is? <laughs> no, Come. I've met Wolfman, but don't know anybody other than that. Oh man, man. Man, Rich, do you know who Alan Freed was? The the name is familiar, but I'm not. Come on, guys! Exactly Come on, he was the he was the guy that he was the guy that started rock and roll up here in the Northeast, and and they kept trying to arrest him, and you know all that stuff, man. Alan Freed, I can't believe this, man. Nope. Was he at WMCA just, just, in New York? I, I I don't know. I can't believe this, man. Yeah, I can't believe it, it's man. It's just you, Tom. Yeah, you got to go watch the movie with Alan Freed, man. I guess some yeah. of us aren't old enough to remember that. Oh, geez, Ooh, ouch. Man. I guess I'm a little older <laughs> than you guys. And okay, well, hey, yeah. man, yeah. a lot, a lot of neat things talk. there, man. And and uh, uh, looking forward to uh, uh, you know enjoying those uh, articles there in in CQ magazine. And uh, uh, you mentioned Hong Kong. That's one of my favorite places in my last job uh, for many years. I I made a lot of trips to Hong Kong. And let me tell you something, man. The area I stayed in was rows and rows and rows of shops with glass windows, and all they had in there were radios. You could have bought any kind of radio you wanted, man, 
And I don't know how they do it over there. Yeah. Wow. By the way, Rich, I've got one of those MFJ 1836s, and I really, really like mine. It's great for a small area. That's good to know. Yeah. All right. The basic well, hey, conclusion hey. that our reviewer came to. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody go out and get that calendar, too. Sorry, I'm not on it this year. I was on it last year. It's hard to believe it. Time passes so fast. Rich? I know. It's time for a 2023 calendar already. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. We've got them. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rich. You're welcome to stick along with us. Uh, the rest of the show, if you want to, whatever you need to do, uh, just uh, feel free to do it there. All, All right. right. Let's, do, let's do this real quick. Uh, what? Stick around for Dale's. Okay. Uh, let's do this real quick. We'll be right back, guys. And uh, just uh, stand by with us here. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. ICOM's high-powered base stations cut through the pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Contest from the comfort of your home or remotely with the RS-BA1 app. The IC7851 gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal is truly the pinnacle of HF perfection. It has dual receivers, digital IF filters, high-resolution spectrum waterfall. The IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. Features include RF direct sampling, 110 dB RMDR, independent dual receivers, Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. This all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you very busy. It has fast processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal. Included are real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, smooth satellite operation satellite channels, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. The IC7300 is the high-performance innovative HF transceiver with a compact design, and it will far exceed your expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing inherent noise in different IF stages. The IC7300 changed the way entry-level HF is designed. Features include RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope. For more information on ICOM radios, visit www.icomamerica.com amateur. All right, we are back, guys, and uh, boy, I tell you, oh, man, I feel, I feel bad. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. I don't know who Alan Freed is. Man, that really hurts. It hurts me. I, 
I'm thinking now about just closing the show down and retiring. That means I must be getting like really, really old. I've been looking for an excuse to do it anyway, you know. Um, Wait a minute, Tom. You're already retired. Well, yeah. You can't but, close the show uh, Yeah, down. but you know what? I still spend a couple of days a week trying to get a show together. And But anyway, okay. What I'll, tell you, you I'll tell you what, you I'll tell you what, tell you what, for next down, week, I want everybody, I want everybody to do a Google search on Alan Freed, watch the videos, and come back next week, and we're going to talk about Alan Freed next week. Uh, we'll do that. All right. All right, guys, hey, next, we got we got a great guest with us tonight. We got uh, Dale Clonin with us, uh, KC3TAU, I think that's Clonin. Is that, that's Clonin, isn't it? Did I pronounce yeah, that? Clonin. Clonin, yeah. okay, Dale Clonin. And, um. Uh, I ran into uh, uh, an article uh, about Hurricane Ian and, uh, you know, all the problems going on down there and the disaster. And and uh, I found an article with uh, Dale here being involved in that with ham radio and emergency nets and helping uh, helping with some rescue operations. So, Dale, uh, first of all, let me just say this. Dale is uh, uh, at work right now. And if the alarm goes off, he's going to have to run and slide down the pole because he's uh, he's there. Uh, I think at the fire station at uh, B uh, B B. Where is it? BWI Airport outside. BWI. Ball. See, I knew all those three-letter identifiers when I was at FedEx, but I couldn't remember that one. <laughs> so he's got. If 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 the uh, if the alarm goes, uh, he's gone, and we'll uh, pick up with him again next week. But. So, hey, hey, Dale, uh, you're relatively new in hand radio as far as your general license. So when did you get your, your tech license? Well, first of all, thanks for, for having yeah. me. I'm, I'm uh, very happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I got my tech uh, license about this time last year, October, November, mm-hmm. um, and uh, played with that for about a month and uh, got kind of bit by the bug and uh went right for general and uh uh now i've uh spent way too much money <laughs> but uh, i'm enjoying every minute of it well i i know what you mean you know i'm i'm you're you're relatively new uh you're two into the hobby i'm 58 years into the hobby <laughs> and uh I, I I mean I, I I don't think my son's logged in tonight, but he's gonna have he's gonna have to get a massive trailer to come up here and get this stuff. Uh, and he lives down in Texas right now. I don't know how he's gonna get it. I feel sorry for him. So <laughs> because of that, I'm gonna try to stick around as long as I can because I don't want him to have to deal with this stuff, man. But after a few years, you're gonna keep buying stuff and keep trading and keep keep doing stuff, and uh, you're gonna you know. You're going to end up my, with and uh, my my wife is uh, watching right now, and I'm pretty oh, no. sure she is. Uh, <laughs> she's probably not happy to hear that. But yeah, no, well, there's no such thing as too much money in your ham radio gear. <laughs> yeah, well, man, I tell you, well, hey, it's a good hobby at least. You know, if if hey, if you spend all your money on a ham radio, you don't have money to, uh, you know, run out to all the nightclubs to get drugs. So you know, tell your wife that you know, hey, it's a good hobby to be at your home. You know. Yeah, you could buy a couple, you know, a few thousand dollar bass boat, and you know, go out on the lake every every morning early. So it's a good hobby. So uh, yeah, I'm, that's that's great, man. I'm, I'm glad. Well, you know, there, you there's another way you can do this too, and that's for every penny you spend on ham radio, she gets to spend it on herself. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, don't let her hear that. <laughs> uh, too, too late. I think she did. Well, and here's one thing, and and I hate to say this, but I'm I'm going to say it just for the for the for the wives, and you know when when we're gone, please don't sell our equipment for what we told you we spent on it. <laughs> okay. Just don't don't do it. Just you know triple it if you want to. You, you know it's it's it, it'll be worth a little bit more money then. All right, well, back to you, back to you. Uh, so, yeah, you got you got interested in ham radio. You, you did great. You upgraded. Uh, and, uh, uh, hey, that upgrade is allow, allowing you to do things now, like check in on HF Nets and so forth. And tell us, uh, tell us about what happened uh, with uh, Hurricane Ian and what how you participated. Yeah, well, um, you know, I, I first got into ham radio uh, specifically for e-com. Uh, and like I said, just, uh, fell into the hobby and, uh, kind of immersed myself in it. Um, and that, that day, uh, my wife actually has a family down in Sarasota. Uh, they didn't evacuate. So we were a little concerned with them. Um, so, uh, we were trying to keep in contact with them and I had, uh, brought up, uh, everything on my computer, uh, as far as weather related. I'm a, uh, Skywarn spotter, so I'm a little bit of a weather nerd. I uh, love it. Uh, and whenever uh, the Weather Channel goes to red alert, um, and you know, I try to find where Jim Cantori is and and focus uh, <laughs> things there. So I had everything up and running. I was listening to uh, the Florida Emergency Net, which had uh, some of the uh, local EOCs and shelters that were listening in on that. And uh, on the uh, uh, other vfo i had the the hurricane watch net and i was just kind of flipping back and forth between the two uh just listening see you know they were calling for damage reports any 10 every 10 minutes any uh emergency uh communications coming out of the area uh just in case uh something happened or we couldn't get a hold of uh, our family uh i could at least you know try and get a message down there or if i heard somebody needed to get a message out i might be able to help that way uh and i was just there uh you know every once in a while i'd, I'd flip back and forth make a a, a quick cue so uh, parks on the air something like that flip back um and uh, the day before i had taken my uh wife's car to uh just get routine service you know oil change tire rotation and i took it to a, a company called jls uh, up in hanover pennsylvania which uh, I live in Maryland, but um, it's only about eight eight miles from the Pennsylvania line uh, up in Carroll County. So about four o'clock, I get a call saying it's ready. So I, uh, my uh, mother, ever since uh, my father passed away, she moved in uh, with us. And uh, she's still, uh, she's actually on a cruise right now uh, to Canada. But uh, I, you know, my wife was working from home. It was still in the middle of her work day. And... Uh, we jump in the the other car and go up to get the uh, my wife's car, and I go in. I start settling the bill, and uh, Allie, uh, the woman behind the counter, I just started making small talk and I uh, started talking about the hurricane and you know how uh, you know we had family down there, but they seemed to be doing okay. And Allie, I could tell her face kind of changed that she was a little concerned about something. And she's like, you know, my sister's on Sanibel Island. And I know from watching all day, that's where the hurricane had, uh, made landfall. So 
you know, she she's like, I, I haven't heard from my sister in, you know, four hours at least. And she starts showing me her phone and she's showing me these pictures. Um, and she's showing me, you know, she says, this was at 10 a.m. And she shows me a picture of her boyfriend's, you know, uh, truck, which is completely submerged. Um, and then she shows me another picture where the water is up to the second floor of her house. And that was at noon. Mm. And she goes, I haven't heard anything from them since. And, you know, she's like, the last thing they said is that they were okay and that the water hadn't, you know, taken the second floor <laughs> to where I looked at her. And I, and I, I hate to laugh, but I said, Allie, that's, that's not okay at, at all. <laughs> you know, it's it, in fact, the exact opposite of okay. Yeah. Um, and she said, well, you know, they, I know they didn't prepare and, um, she goes, but they do have a sat phone. And I said, have they tried reaching out on that? And, uh, she's like, no, I, we haven't gotten anything from them. I said, well, let me get all their information from you. I'm a ham radio operator. Uh, I've been listening to these, uh, you know, frequencies and stuff all morning. Um, they're asking for emergency for, you know, emergency traffic. I said, they're not really quite doing check on welfares yet but i will see if they'll accept a message and at least get the people that need to know where they are to help them they'll have that information uh when they uh, are able to go in and assess the situation so she gives me uh her sister kelsey her phone number and her boyfriend's number nathan i believe is uh nate uh their address on the island and um I take that. It's about a 20 minute drive home and I'm on my way home. And right as I'm pulling up to the house, she texts me again. She's like, they reached out on the, on the sat phone, which the sat phone turned out to be a Garmin in reach communicator. Uh, my wife and I have one, uh, for hiking. Uh, and they were like the, the third first, the third group of people that I know that actually have one, not, uh, the cheapest things in the world for, for most, uh, you know, hikers. So, um, but I could tell that the text was kind of one of those. It's like, um, I'm trying not to worry you, but I'm scared kind of text. And it, it, it said that, um, the, that they, they were safe. The, uh, island, the island is destroyed. The house is battered, but standing. We're getting our butts handed to us, uh, the clean version, um, this is gonna have. This is gonna continue all night. I love you, and that's all she said. And I'm like, you know, that's that's really not a good sign. So I go in. Uh, I get on the radio. I call down on the uh, Florida emergency net, which I think was uh, 7.242, so 40 meters. And uh, John, uh, let me. I think I his name pulled up. I can't remember his last name. Uh, John Hurlman. Uh, KM4 WHO was net controller that day or that at that time. And he acknowledged me and I said, I have a report of some people trapped on Sanibel Island. Um, water had come up to the second floor of their house. Don't know how far up, you know, it, it's gotten since. This is a little bit, you know, old information. But I have their contact information. I have their address. Are you able to relay that to the emergency operations center? You know, because I could have fumbled around on the internet and tried to find the right number and then bounced around and the whole time. That's just wasting time. The people down there already have this stuff in place, you know? So he took all the information and even before I had gotten off the air, he had come back and said, uh, 
the operations center wants more information. And um, I said, well, what do they want to know? They said, well, they, they want to know why they didn't call 911. Well, there's no cell service. There's nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, no power. They, 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 uh, all they have is this satellite communicator. Uh, so I said, look, why don't we take this offline, go to my QRZ page, get my email address, and uh, we'll, you know, I, I, I can send you everything that I have. So he does that, sends me an email. I sent him everything I had. And with the Garmin communicator, uh, I was able to get their GPS coordinates too. So uh, sent all that, all the screenshots to him of, of all the text messages. And uh, he writes back um, uh, that he has uh, notified the EOC, um, the state EOC, and they've notified Lee County and that as soon as weather allows, they'll uh, uh, get uh, rescue operations underway and be one of the first places they go. So I text Allie back and I said, they have all the information. They know where your sister and her boyfriend are, and it'll be one of the first places they go when the weather allows. And she texts back. She's like, thank you very much. She goes, I really, really appreciate this. Um, she goes, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, there's also eight other people and a dog with them. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's, she goes, I'm sorry. I was so worried about my sister. I forgot to mention that. It's like, not a problem. So I jumped back on the radio and I called back down to John. And I said, hey, just an update. I'm getting information that there's a party of 10 plus a dog. Um, so it's, you know, there's eight more people with this group. And uh, he uh, he acknowledged that and and, and forwarded it to uh, the EOC. So it's now about uh, probably a little after five, uh, maybe closer to six. And I'm texting Allie, and I'm like, if you hear anything else, just let me know. I can pass the information along. Uh, if they make contact with you, um, let me know the situation. If they you know, and try to get as much information as you can from them. And she agreed. So. Uh, right around six o'clock, six thirty, I believe it was. Uh, she texts me back. She goes, "I was able to have a really quick video chat with Kelsey." Um, she said everything's destroyed, she goes, but they are uh, and their party are safe for now. Um, to which I replied, uh, "You know, and this is after you know twenty-two years in emergency services. I'm like, you're you're, you're safe until you're not." And this is not something. This is something that can turn very unsafe and life-threatening in a heartbeat. Hmm. So I told her, I said, they still have the information. Tell them not to go anywhere unless you know they absolutely have to. And she wrote back. She goes, they understand that, but she goes, they want to know if you can help out with somebody else. I said, sure, give me the information. She said, their neighbor's house caught on fire, and uh, the occupants it was a 89-year-old woman, her son, and his wife. Uh, and when they went to flee, uh, the elderly woman went uh, was swept away in the floodwaters, and the son went in after him. So I'm like, okay, now we have people in the water. So again, I called down to John, and I said, all right, now this is an emergency. I said, I've got a report of people in the water. Um, and I gave their last known location um, and the address of the house. Uh, the mother, the, the, the wife of uh, the, the gentleman was safe in the neighbor's house. Um, but they were, they, they didn't know where, where he was. And with the limited cell service that they were getting, his phone was actually pinging, uh, as far as the, the, I guess, uh, iPhone has that, uh, find my phone app. Uh, it was pinging in the middle of the causeway. Uh, so, uh, 
I relayed all that information and uh this is going on like six, seven o'clock, and my wife, uh, you know, thanks, you know, thank you so much for her because you know I'm doing all this stuff, and next thing I know, there's a plate of food coming in front of me because she's realized I haven't had anything to eat since lunch. Um, and uh, I, you know, made sure they had all the information. He, you know, relayed it and checked back with me, made sure it was okay. You know that I give him uh, he copied the information correctly. Uh, and I, I just kept communication with Allie throughout the, the rest of the night. And I said, if you hear anything, uh, let me know. So when uh, the hurricane had moved on uh, and it was starting to get off the coast of Florida, I kind of I shut my, my station down. It's like, all right, it, time for me to go to bed. Been doing this all day. Um, and uh, I woke up in the morning. Allie uh, texted me and she said um, they, they they found that. The authorities had gotten to Kelsey, and everybody was safe. Um, and she she also said that be, uh, Kelsey had one of the only working vehicles on the island, and the police took it to make even more rescue since it was a four wheel drive vehicle. Um, so they uh, uh, and with the uh, the other three, unfortunately, they found the father. He was fine. Uh, unfortunately, the grandmother, uh, they were not unable to uh, save her. But uh, they saved a lot of other people uh, with Kelsey's vehicle. And uh, they, when they got off the island, they were uh, actually interviewed by uh, the uh, South Florida Sentinel, something like that. And uh, Kelsey gave the uh, you know, uh, firsthand account of what they went through. She was covered in mud. That they were almost up in their attic. They had friends that were up in their attic. Um, they never realized that it could be this bad. And she's, you know, <clears throat> thankful that you know. Uh, of course, they made out her her uh, boyfriend's in the parking lot. They finally had cell service calling all the family members, telling them they're alive. You know, and she texted back to her sister that um, she was so thankful that I had that radio crap because <laughs> <laughs> uh, they really. Uh, uh, they really appreciated that uh, um, you know somebody was looking out for them. Wow, that's uh, that's a, an amazing story there. So it went from a small group to a big group, and it just, uh, as you said, it got into an emergency. Well, hey, I would think emergency would have been minute one there, but it really got bad. You know, I, I haven't really thought much about this, but looking back at the hurricane, you know, that went through New Orleans and people went up in their attics and they died because they, mm -hmm. they were trapped in their attics and uh, there was no way to get out. And and I hear down there now, a lot of people keep axes in their attic mm -hmm. just so they can chop a hole, I guess, and come out if they need to. But I and, cannot and imagine, I cannot imagine the water up uh, through two stories of your house. Yeah, no, I, I can't either. And, you know, I've I've seen a lot of things in 22 years of, of the of being in emergency services. But the you know, it, it, it's I, I, I teach uh, emergency preparedness um, uh, on the side a little bit. And uh, one of the things that I, I really kind of harp on uh, is other after the basics is communication. Um, we've seen it after 9-11. We've seen it after other disasters. What's the first thing that happens? All communication goes out. And what the reason I, you know, I, I posted this story in, in the ham radio face group 
um, the Facebook group, and it just exploded. And the whole reason that I did it, you know, it's not to brag that that the, the H word doesn't sit well with me. I, you know, I, I've been the guy that that you know runs into the burning building and does all that stuff. You know, this is, you know, and, and I'm humbled that that people uh, consider me in that regard. I, I really do. But the reason I wanted to tell the story was because the people that getting the information, even, you know, when uh, the, the storm passed and, and they were operating on two meters or 70 centimeters, communicating with all the shelters and communicating with the people like the Cajun Navy and all the emergency operations centers, they never get any of the credit. And they're vital to, you know, a disaster operation. And people, you know, never hear about them. They're the, the unsung heroes behind the scenes. I mean, us, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to, to the hobby, but, uh, you know, us ham radio operators, we're the ones that can uh, go out in the middle of nowhere, throw an antenna in a tree, and start talking to people. And we do it for fun. You know, imagine what we can do in an emergency, you know, when we put our minds to it. Yeah. And, and that's why I wanted the story told. It, it was it was one of those, you know, feel-good stories that kind of, you know, what are the chances, you know, you know, boy walks into a, you know, a auto garage, and next thing you know, he's swept up in mm -hmm. this you know th this situation <clears throat> um and the response afterwards um that i've gotten from other hams uh very touching very humbling you know and some of the best uh comments i got was were um from older hams you know saying you know i you know i you know gotten out of the hobby for several years you know this story has kind of uh gotten me inspired to go back into it uh, even Kelsey and her friends are looking at getting their license. That's great. Uh, great. So uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it, I, I don't know what to say. It's just very, very humbling experience, but it was a story that had to be told because I didn't do this alone. You know, John was down there on the other end, you know, and he talked to other people. There are other people that relayed even more messages. Uh, other hams were, were sending me uh, pictures like, you know, I've been working 36 hours. This this is my desk, you know. And you see, he's got a little mag mount on a pizza plate, and mm -hmm. he's communicating with different <clears throat> shelters all around the you know his area on two meters. Uh, so it, it was uh, something that I, I was uh, just thankful I was in the right place at the right time to to give that sort of help. Yeah. Well. And great job, and uh, it, it, it had a very uh, positive outcome. Uh, it could have could have been a lot worse than that. Uh, I kind of kind of like what you said a minute ago when we were talking about you know we're we're, we're okay now, and you said that's that could change in a heartbeat, and I guess in a disaster like this, it it really can. So. Yeah, and you you take it from my point of view where you know. Uh, it's it's funny if you if you look at the uh, the the our fire gear it comes with an instruction manual and the first thing on the first page it says you know firefighting is an ultra hazardous you know activity mm -hmm. you know you know but uh, what it, where you're in I I it, we intentionally go into dangerous places we're trained to do it and even those things can turn on us and we know the warning signs but even us we get uh you know we can get into the situations that we're not prepared for, yeah. you know, so take that to a level of people who are not prepared, um, you know, and it, whenever I see somebody downplay something like that, I, you know, it's the 
in, in what I teach in my course uh, is, you know, you have to say, you know, it can never happen. You got to get that out of your head. You know, it's either mo what's most likely, what's least likely, and what's remote. But it could happen. Um, and you need to prepare for it. Yeah, so a lot of people... I guess probably you really need to listen to the the government and the local government people and got to follow their instructions because uh, they may have a lot more information than you. You know, they probably knew the water was going to get 15 or 20 feet high. I don't know. Um, and then you've got people that, you know, do want to ride these things out and, and sometimes they're successful, and uh, but many times... Uh, if they start riding these things out, then they wish they had not made that decision. But then it's a little late because you just can't get to them to help them. Yeah, and that was, I think, what the most frustrating part was. Um, being a responder like I am and wanting to jump in and help. Um, but the only thing I could do, uh, and thankfully I had the means to do it, was get a message to the people that had the ability once the storm lit up, to go there and check on them, make sure they were okay. Well, I'm sure it was a relief on the people knowing that you were involved. At least there was the chance that, you know, help is going to be there now. I mean, there was hope. Right, and, and, uh, and that's what yeah. Allie and her mother uh, reached out to me and said, that, that just knowing that mm -hmm. somebody was doing something uh, right. gave them that mm -hmm. kind of comfort. So I wonder uh, when the rescue people actually got there, was the water still 10 feet deep or you think it had gone down by then or? From, from what I was told, um, the water receded fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, but it had done so much damage. Uh, most of the first responder vehicles weren't working. Most vehicles were, weren't working, but for, it was just, you know, fortuitous that Kelsey had parked her car in an area that was 15 feet above sea level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it had been any lower, it would have, you know, her car would have been damaged and she, it wouldn't have been any use to anybody. Uh, yeah. The only way off the island was by boat or air uh, afterwards. Right. Um, and, you know, they were still, you know, so they were very happy that, you know, because they didn't have any supplies. So they got out, um, you know, right away. Um because if they had to wait and if people didn't know they were there, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of hams uh, uh, work uh, in the area of uh, disaster preparedness, and they have go boxes. Uh, do you have a go box or anything like that? Or I have several. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, yeah, I can imagine you would. I mean, I mean, for ham radio. Uh, I don't have anything HF yet. Uh, yeah. I, well, I kind of do. Um, <clears throat> I actually have an old uh, IC735 that I've been using as a POTA rig, and I have that in a nice Pelican case, uh, along with the original tuner. Both still work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, a collapsible uh, antenna and a um, uh, a chameleon uh, NFED that I could use. Uh, plus, <clears throat> in each of my vehicles, I have a little um, emergency kit and uh, each has a little $20 Bofang, you know, yeah. uh, radio in there um, with all mm. the uh, uh, ham radio repeaters and uh, 
you know, anything that I need to, to communicate on in an emergency. Well, I personally don't have a go kit. Uh, I would just have to grab some stuff up and throw it in a basket, <laughs> I guess, and carry, carry it out here. Glenn, Glenn is saying he's, he's got all kinds of stuff in his go kit. He's ready to go. Yeah, I've got, it was actually in QST magazine probably about five, six years ago. It's a, uh, uh, a Yesu FT450 and a uh, Yesu 8800 in a go box with power supply and all of that. I've got a buddy pole in a bag and a 20-meter portable beam uh, mounted in a PVC tube. But uh, let me say this. I actually grew up in Miami in the West Palm area and was, had been through a number of these storms. And uh, let me tell you, it gets, it gets rough, but you have to go through one before you get the, um, oh, what's the best way to put it? The, the sense that you need to get out of there <laughs> when the next one's coming. But you, you, you can tell them all you want to about how bad it's going to get, but until they've been through one, they'll stay. Yeah, you know I've uh, I, I've been involved in just two things over fifty something years, uh, mostly just health and welfare. You know, when I was a novice, nineteen sixty four, I think that was when a big uh, uh, earthquake hit Alaska, and I had an aunt that lived up there. And as a novice, I was able then to contact someone up there and actually get in contact with her and get a message back to the family on how she's doing. And then. Uh, I got involved here uh, back, uh, what was the big hurricane down in uh, New Orleans here? Uh, Katrina. Katrina, yeah. I got involved with that. Uh, some, some, you know, many people left uh, New Orleans area and they came north, you know, into Mississippi and into Memphis and so forth. And, uh, of course, we're located here in the Memphis area. And uh, uh, the, uh, some people contacted me and I was able to contact their family uh, who actually w had moved into, and they were all surviving inside of a uh, radio or TV station uh, down there. So, you know, I hadn't been involved in any real emergencies like that, but um, uh, I have participated a little bit in some uh, health and welfare stuff. And there's plenty of that to do, believe me, after these these disasters. So, um, so uh, well, Dale, hey, man, thanks for telling us your story there. It's a uh, really interesting story, man. I loved hearing it and, and what you did. And um, I know the people that you helped down here are really appreciate uh, what you did. And like you said, there may be some new hams now just because of that. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And, and you know, I, I, like I said, I, I couldn't have done it alone. So thank you to everybody that was that, you know, <clears throat> finished that chain from Allie uh, to her sister. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the some the credit goes to them as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. All right. Well, we're gonna kind of move on. You're welcome to stay stay with us if you want to stick around for a while or leave or if you got to go polish the uh, brass or something, you can go do that. You know. <laughs> well, I will tell you that um, I've been up since four in the morning, and uh, my bed over here is calling my name. Okay. So uh, I will. Uh, definitely say uh 73 to uh everybody out there thank <clears throat> you again very much uh and i hope to see you guys down the log okay well very good thank you and 73 good night man get some good sleep maybe there won't be any alarms tonight and you can just sleep all night man you know <laughs> thanks all for right. the jinx <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there you go <laughs> oh yeah yeah all right man good night dear all right well glenn hey man it's right about 905 i was going to and i will 
well, I wanted to see if we could make some contacts with some of our people. And I was just going to webcast it here as they came in. And, you know, I, I, I had my radio set up here where it, it outputted into the show here, the S meter. And uh, oh, let's see what we got here. It, 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 but, but it quit on me. Let me see if I can get it to come back up here. I doubt it. Uh, I was wanting people to be able to see the S meter. Um, well, let me add it here if I yeah, can. I say, that don't look real good. No, let me see if I can add it. Video. Let's see if it'll add back in. I doubt it. Add. Oh, boy. Um, and that was going to be uh, the neat part of the show, to be able to let you see your signal. Um, let me go wiggle the connection here, see if I can make it come up. And uh, this is HDMI connections uh, from the back of the radio all the way over to the studio there. And uh, let's see. Let me... Unplug Maybe it and plug it in. Maybe you got RF into it. The what? Maybe you got some RF into it. No, it I don't up. think so. It's just, it was just a little, uh, a little picky tonight. And, uh, oh boy, I don't know. Well, if we can't, we won't have an S meter tonight, but we will still try our HF uh, deal here. Let me see if I can add the camera ah didn't even show up that time camera didn't show up let me try one more time i don't think it's gonna work yeah not, and, gonna, uh, not gonna work okay all right well we're gonna do this we will have a camera over there. What is that question mark doing on there? Yeah. Now, one thing, Andy mentioned that he never evacuated for any of those. And, yeah, I didn't either, Andy. But, you know, it's it's kind of strange. Either they made the houses better back then or I just got lucky because um, <clears throat> I had a second-floor apartment. And after seeing what happened over there in Sanibel, a friend of mine had her condo. Uh, it was a two, three-story condo that literally all you, it was actually on pilings above the, you know, the first floor was, you know, made for floodwaters. And the hurricane took the whole thing off the foundation. Mm. And the, the second and third floors were down the street. So, I mean, that, that stretch of sand right on the beach where her condo was just has four broken telephone poles, essentially. Man. Okay, hey guys, what we're going to do, I want to start off, let's start off on 40 meters. We'll, we'll try to QSY to 80 meters, 40 meters, 20 meters tonight, maybe during the next hour. Because I know, you know, many of you are different distances from us and we're not going to hear you on certain bands. So uh, uh, let's start off, let's try 40 meters first. And I'm going to pick 7180. That's up in the general band. We'll keep this all up in the general band so we'll get the most participation. And um, so 7180 is where we're going to try to be. Um, and uh, I'll still be in a, I can see the chat room over there. Yeah, I can still see the chat room over at the operating position. So I'm going to go over there. Uh, it'll give me a second to crank things up and get on. Uh, but uh, we'll be on 7180. So. If anybody wants to try to jump on 7180 and hold the frequency for us, you can. 
if there's uh, if there's uh, if the frequency is busy, we'll try we'll try to go up or, or well uh, we're near the bottom of the band, so we'll need to go up a few kilo, kilohertz uh, if there's any uh, anybody using that frequency. So we're going to look at 7180. Let's see, somebody just beat me here. Let's see what this is. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna go over here and uh, we'll see if we can get on, uh, uh, on on the air. Let's see how many people from the show that we can hear tonight. And uh, like I said, we'll try uh, three different bands tonight. And uh, this will be a kind of a cool experiment. So let me let me put that over there. And uh, I'm gonna go over here. And uh, Let's see what we can do. All right. So, uh, well, you know what? We may get, uh, we may be able to get the uh, S meter because uh, the the uh, the radio had gone in sleep mode, and when the radio goes in sleep mode, it didn't put the HDMI out. Oh, gee. I mean the HDMI signal out. Let me try one more time. Ah, we, we may be in luck. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, not exactly working right. I sure wanted to get the estimator up where you guys could see it. All right, we're halfway there. Let me make one more try here. What rig are you going to be using? I use a 76, what is it, 70, 7610. Ah, okay. It's got an HDMI output on it. The problem is I have to convert that HDMI output to a USB in here. All right, let me try again. I could restart my broadcaster, but then everybody would lose the show. So we're not going to do that tonight. We're just going to try it. I'll try to get this set worked out better if we do, you know, if we do this again. So let me get back over here, and we will. Uh, let me get my pen, and we're ready to go. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Uh, I see the chat room here. Let's see. All right, looks like I'm in the chat room. I guess you guys saw it. Let's see what's uh let's see what let's see what we hear. Now, 40 don't sound real good right now, but we're going to see. Here a little static. And of course, of course, there is a. Uh, I think there's somebody talking there. Let's see. I'm just going to ask if the frequency is in use. All right, I'm about ready here. All right. 
Uh, it's a frequency in use. This is Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo. Uh, maybe Tim in there, uh, HRO, I, but I can't quite make him out. There's so much static. Uh, I think it's Tim in here, so he's probably trying to uh, give us a call. Let me make a call here and see if anybody can copy us. Uh, uh, CQ, CQ calling CQ. Uh, this is Whiskey 5, Kilo Uniform Bravo, W5KUB calling. Anybody around? Well, I heard Bruce in there, uh, N7XGR, W5KUB. I heard you, Bruce. I don't know if I've got enough audio for people on the show to hear, and your signal's not really loud. We've got a lot of QRM. But how are you copying us, Bruce? Uh, over. Okay, off-center fed antenna for 80. I got you there. Uh, okay, boy, somebody's on really close to the frequency. Uh, gave you a, a, a little bit of a, a trouble that time. Let's see if anybody else from the group is in there. Uh, this is Whiskey 5, Kilo Uniform, Bravo. Anybody else there? Over. Okay, boy, there's a bunch of them in here. Uh, I didn't. I copied. Hey, Tim, I copied you. WB8 HRO. I copied you, Tim. Uh, I copied uh, K8 uh, CAZ, and there were some more before that. I just didn't write them down. So let, let's see who else is in there. Over. Yeah, okay. Hey, Andy, I got you there. KD5 PUR. I uh, got you. This is W5 KUB. Uh, Andy, are you using that antenna, that uh, that off-center fed antenna that's laying on your fence? Over. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's a 160-meter dipole fed with 450-ohm open uh, ladder line. Okay, I got you. I, I was confused on that. Okay, very good. All right, let's see who else is in there. Uh, give me a call. This is Whiskey 5, Kilo Uniform Bravo. Oh, yeah, I got you. W-D-A-I-O-L-W-5-K-B. Pretty good. Pretty good signal. It's just we got a lot of static. A lot of static down here and some QRM, but we hearing you. How you hearing us up here? Okay, man, I bet this sounds terrible on the show here. Uh, uh, I think you said you're hearing us like 5 and 7 uh, up there. Uh, okay, well, um, uh, man, 
you know, maybe, I don't know, we'll check out 20 here in a minute. And uh, let's just see if we can pick a few more people up real quick. See who else uh, I missed. I know there were some more in there. So uh, call now. This is W5KUB. Yeah, Tom, we're not really hearing their audio so much. It's kind of chopping in and out. I didn't get that. There was another person there. Let me try a vertical antenna, see if that's any better. So uh, give me a call again. All right, I didn't hear anybody that time. Uh, we'll listen again. Uh, anybody out there, uh, give us a call. This is W5KUB. I think it's a four. I think it's a four. That's all I got. The static crashes are just killing us, man. They're just killing us there. Uh, any other any other people out there trying to get in here? This is uh, W5KUB. Man, I hear you. I hear you, but I cannot make it out. I cannot make it out there. I uh, wish we didn't have the static here tonight. I think uh, we'd be able to talk to a lot of people here if we didn't have the static. Uh, maybe we got some rain or something coming in. Uh, we had not had any rain here in like 28 days. We need it. So uh, I'm not going to get upset uh, if there's a storm uh, uh, coming this way. All right. Uh, I'll listen one more time, and then maybe we'll try a different band and see what we can do on a different band. Who knows? 20 may be quiet. We'll try that in a minute. Any other, any, anybody else out there? This is W5KUB. Man, I think I heard a Delta Ontario, but I heard a four kilo, I think I heard a four kilo alpha. So let's try it one more time. I'll try really hard to get you this time. Over. Oh, I got you. I got you. Uh, Victor 44. Uh, yeah, Victor 44. Kilo Alpha Oscar. This is W5KUB. Uh, how you doing, man? Okay, I didn't get much. I am so sorry. I didn't get much there. But I can hear you in there, and I'm trying to think where Victor 44 is. Victor 44, I think that's the Caribbean, somewhere in the Caribbean, but I don't know exactly. Uh, maybe somebody can put that in a chat room where Victor 44 might be. Over. OK, 
Okay, uh, real fine. I, I, I copied your call fine, but uh, that's about all I got. Uh, I'll say 73 is Victor 44, Kilo Alpha Oscar. Thanks for calling. Uh, at least somebody from outside the U.S. called us. I think that's the Caribbean somewhere. All right, uh, one last listen, one last listen, and we'll try a different band. Uh, this is W5KUB. Okay, I tell you what, let's uh, let's see what uh, 80 meters sounds like. Let's see uh, what 80 might sound like, and uh, uh, maybe make a couple contacts there. Uh, I'm going to look around 3810. I'm going to go to about 3810, and we're going to look there. Uh, this is W5KUB. That uh, 3810 is in use. Let's see what's. What else we got up here? We're going up. 3812, 13, 38. Well, we got somebody on 38.16. Uh, let's see. Tell you what, 3819. 3819 sounds pretty empty. So I'm gonna tune up on 3819. 3819, and uh, we'll give it a give it a shot there on, on 80. Let me get uh, let me tune up here. See if we can make a, make a call here. We're gonna be on 3819. 3819, guys. A lot of uh, static here too. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. Anybody around on uh, 3819? This is Whiskey Five Kilo Uniform Bravo W Five KUB.
Yeah, I heard a KM something with a Z in there. Uh, I uh, I think I'll be able to copy. All right, we got we got static down here too. Give me the call again at KM station. All right, K8, uh, Charlie Alpha Zulu. This is W5, KUB. You got pretty good signal. You're actually, you're uh, louder than the uh, static here. Do you, do you have a high static level up there, too? Uh, that's permanent. We do. Uh, I'm up in Dayton, Ohio, and a lot of static on uh, 80 meters as well as 40 meters. So uh, that's the way it is. But I'm hearing you loud and clear. You're in Tennessee, I'm in Ohio. It's fairly close. Okay, well, Dayton, Ohio, that's one of my favorite places. We've been going up there for 39 consecutive years now to the Hamvention, and uh, we've really enjoyed uh, every year that we've gone up there. And uh, uh, kind of feel like uh, we're, uh, we're part of that up here. All right, well, very good. Anybody else uh, on frequency? This is Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo. Oh, uh, there's a couple in there. Uh, let's try again. I'll see if I can pick you out. Hey, Bruce, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, about, uh, signal about like on 40. The static is kind of covering you up. Uh, N7XGR, Bruce. Uh, this is W5KUB. How you hear us up here, Bruce? Okay, I just saw in the chat room that uh, Bill, Bill says we're about 20, I think, uh, yeah, he said 20 over, 20 over uh, in uh, Huntsville there, so uh, that's good. All right, well, Bruce, stand by. Let me see who the other person was. Who, who else is out there? This is W5KUB. I think N zero RIC is in there. How you doing? Hello, Tom. I'm running 50 watts. My amp keeps uh, kicking out. Have you are too high down here? My amp is set up for 63. Well, your 50 watts uh, is doing pretty good there. Uh, at least you made it in here tonight. Very good there. It was a KD five. Who was the KD five? All right, KD5PUR, man, we got you on two bands tonight. Uh, how, how you hearing us on this band? Is it any better? Uh, you're hitting 20 over. <laughs> okay, only 20 over, man. I, you know, I need to, I, I, I need to work on my antennas, and I don't know. I just getting. I guess I'm getting too old, Andy, to get out there and work on them. I did go out there on 80 uh, yesterday, and I added about a foot and a half to one end of my dipole, and that brought the uh, SWR down to about a one to one near this frequency here. So I don't know. I just uh, I don't have the uh, energy to get out there and get up in those trees like I used to. Over. Oh, I was up on the roof yesterday disconnecting. Well, I always leave all my stuff disconnected here in the shack, uh, just in case of thunder, you know, lightning and so forth. Uh, 
I've, you know, I've been hit over 58 years. I've been hit a couple times, and uh, uh, even all, even if you uh, leave your the antenna off, sometimes lightning still gets you. My last lightning uh, strike was uh, it came in through the phone lines, I think the power lines, and uh, it, uh, it it fried uh, uh, yeah, it fried uh, part of my radio. I think I had a phone patch plugged in or something. Nowadays, when I turn my power off to my desk here, I turn both sides, the neutral and the hot side, I turn both of those off uh, with a big knife switch. Over. Okay, Andy, well, I tried three different antennas on you, and all three of them sounded almost identical. Uh, a lot of static. I tried a halfway vertical. I tried my uh, uh, extended double zip, and I also tried a 80-meter uh, uh, dive pole, and, and they were all pretty bad. Let me see who else is in there, Andy, real quick. We're, we're, I'm actually picking a few people up here uh, better than I was on 40. So uh, who else is out there? And trying to get in. This is W5 KUB. 54, Bravo Tango Tango. Yeah, W4, Bravo Tango Tango. Nice signal. W5 KUB. W5 KB is 54, Bravo Tango Tango. David, southeast of North Carolina, about 48 miles northwest of Wilmington, 44 miles southwest of Fort Bragg, about 75 miles dead off the coast. Well, David, I hate to say this. Uh, I'm a veteran, and I hate to say this, but it ain't going to be Fort Bragg any longer. What do you think about that? Over. I don't know. Uh, I think about changing the name of it again. Ain't it? Well, I saw uh, on the news uh, yesterday they're going to change the name of 16 military bases. Uh, Fort Bragg was one of them. Uh, over. Yeah, I don't understand all that. Don't make sense to me. Uh, give me a, I've been playing with my amplifier up here, and if you don't mind, give me a signal report. Yeah, you're running about yeah, close to a, a, a 10 over S9 here. Over. Roger, you're over a 5.9. You're about, you're just uh, 5 over 5.9, somewhere about. Okay, well, very good. Uh, all right, well, uh, hey, I, I love North Carolina. We've got a home over there in the western North Carolina in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains over there, and in fact, I think uh, my wife's playing a trip over there soon. I I, I think I'm probably going to stay here. I've got some things here to do, but uh, we've got uh, we've got a place over here in North Carolina. So we're half North Carolina Linians uh, over. Yeah, Roger. Stay over in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, what was your question? Are you where are you living at now, Tennessee? Yeah, we're just outside of Memphis, uh, Tennessee, in in Carrierville, Tennessee, and. Uh, uh, we've got a home over in Tuckaseegee. You probably never heard of it, Tuckaseegee. And uh, let me take you up the road about 10 minutes to a, to a bigger town. It's called, uh, let's see, Tuckaseegee. Oh, it's called Cullowee. These are all Indian names. You probably never heard of Cullowee. If you go a little bit further north, you'll get to Silva. And that's where the Lowe's is, over. Yep, I kind of know where you're back at over there. Uh, back over Maggie Valley, you're back up that way. Yeah, Maggie Valley exit off of the interstate will take you down here. It's probably, uh, you know, uh, 45 minutes from Maggie Drive. 
Yeah, we used to go up there and go to Maggie Valley and go to uh, all those places back up that way, thunder around a little bit. Yeah, we kind of got an idea of where you're at. Matter of fact, you used to go up there and camp out on the reservation. Okay, yeah. Well, we're about an hour southwest of Asheville, an hour southwest of Asheville. Well, very good, David. Hey, uh, good signal. Uh, right now, you're you're holding the uh, you're holding the lead on signal right now. So, uh, hey, thanks for checking in, man. I don't know if you watch the show tonight or not, but thanks for checking in here. Uh, anybody else? Uh, I know there's some others out there. Uh, this is WFRKUB. We'll get out of here. Yeah, i got to go take a shower. David, please take care. Thank you for coming back to me. Give me a signal report there. We'll catch you later, maybe. Okay, uh, David, uh, uh, he uh, doubled with uh, whoever was in there. So uh, give me a call again. I, I didn't get it. Let's try it again. I got WA0, Charlie Bravo Kilo. Uh, is that right? This is W5KUB. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, that's the best. Uh, Potter, we, we're about 76 miles east of Cheyenne, Washington. Over. Okay. Well, very good. I copied you uh, fair. Uh, the, the static is just really bad here again tonight, just like, uh, uh, like 40 uh, was earlier. Uh, let's see if there's anybody else out there. Uh, you know, the band's not good enough just to rag chew here, but uh, it's fun seeing how many people that maybe are able to uh, connect here uh, after the show. So who else is in there? Uh, this is W5KUB. Uh, did I hear Tim in here? Uh, Tim, was that you? Uh, 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 HRO, was that you? Yeah, okay, I hear you in here, Tim, but uh, boy, that static crashes are pretty bad. Your signal's not real strong. Uh, if, if I didn't have a static, I could talk to you. Uh, but thanks a lot for trying there. Uh, anybody else? This is W5KUB. Boy, all, all my antennas are staticky tonight. I thought maybe I could pick one and sound a little better. Didn't didn't pull anybody out. I can hear people in there, but they're very, very weak. Uh, I'll listen again. W5, KUB. I heard a kilo and a papa, maybe an alpha. Yeah, uh, KD8 uh, PAX, KD8 PAX. I got you, W5KUB. A little bit of difficulty, but we we pulled you out there. Yeah, we're good this time. Your signal report is a 5920 over. 5920 over. It's about 40 miles south of Okay, I don't know if you copy. Uh, let's see. 
Well, I'm down to 100 watts now. I don't know if you copy me at this power level. I, I, I changed antennas, and my amplifier kicked off. My amp kicked off. So uh, I'm probably greatly reduced in my signal strength right now. Uh, KD8PAX, do you still copy? W5KUB. Okay, all right, real fine. Uh, yeah, I uh, I switched to a, a halfway vertical uh, that uh, was hearing you a little better, but the amplifier cut out. Uh, uh, anything uh, two to one, and it w of course it probably wasn't tuned exactly perfect for this other antenna. So anything over two to one, the amplifier will cut out, and uh, it will not come back on for about three minutes. So uh, I'm in the uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm in jail for three minutes here. Uh, KD8PAXW5KB. Okay, well, I'm going to take a uh, look here in the chat room and see what people are saying. Let me check the chat room, and I will be back. This is W5KUB. penalty box here for three minutes uh, anybody else out there uh, want to give it a try here on uh, 80 meters this is w5 kub no, i'm sorry i heard somebody but just couldn't pull you out uh hey let's just uh i don't even know if 20 i don't even know if 20 meters is even active let me check 20 real quick and see if 20 is dead. I'll be right back. Don't go away. This is W5KB. Okay, this is uh, Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo. 
All right, 20 meters, it sounds mostly dead. There is no static. There's no static. I do hear a couple signals, not many. Um, let's try 20. Let's try 20 meters. I'm going to get on here barefoot. I'm not going to uh, crank the amp up or anything, but uh, let's try. Uh, let's go to uh, 14230. Uh, 14230 on 20 and see if anybody can make a contact on 20 meters. Uh, this is W5KUB. This is Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo, W5KUB uh, on 20 meters. Anybody around? This is Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo, CQ, CQ, calling CQ, CQ20, uh, CQ20. Calling CQ. This is W5KUB, Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo. Surely, surely there's somebody out there on 20 meters that can reach us. <laughs> We're on 14230, 14230. Hello, CQ, CQ, CQ20, CQ20. Calling CQ, CQ 20 meters. This is W5KUB, Whiskey 5 Kilo Uniform Bravo. Calling and listening. <coughs> Hello, CQ, calling CQ, CQ. CQ20, CQ20, calling CQ20 meters. Whiskey 5, Kilo Uniform Bravo, W5KUB. Okay, guys, that was, okay, that was an uh, interesting experiment tonight. We uh, we were able to hook up with a number of you. Let me get back over here uh, in the studio, and uh, we'll just see how things are going here. We've got just a few minutes to remain on. All right, we are back. We are back, and uh, I didn't hear anybody. There was a couple of signals they were they were fairly clear not strong but clear and no static i was hearing on 20 uh, but uh didn't hear a single person call me so i guess none of our viewers out there none of our viewers out there oh boy did i get on these slow scan tv calling frequency oh boy uh, they're gonna send me to jail for that i guess you know well 
you know, I try to abide by, uh, you know, the, what do you call it, the uh, channel, uh, yeah, what do you call it, or the channel where, you know, they say this is digital, this is voice, this is CW, this is, you know, the allocations. Of course, we know that that is not a FCC regulation, so... Uh, it's not illegal for me to make a call on 14-230, but uh, uh, if the band was real active, I would have probably been uh, competing against some slow-skin TV, <laughs> TV, which would not have been good. All right. You know, uh, I, I heard a number of people, hey, man, tonight we, we had uh, uh, Tim, uh, WV8HRO, uh, Bruce, uh, in some XGR, K8CAZ, uh, WD5PUR, WD8IOL. Man, it keep going. CAZ, uh, Bruce again, N0RIC, PUR again, BTT, WA0CBK, WD8PAX, and a bunch of more. So we, we worked a few of you guys, you know. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if how many people call me that maybe did not watch the show tonight. There may have been one or two there, I suspect, that uh, did connect with us there. We tried several different antennas tonight. We tried uh, the uh, the double zep is the antenna I was on most of the time. The the uh, double zep is a, actually it's cut for 40 meters. It's a 40 meter double zep. And uh, what it is is a half. It's a five-eighths wavelength on each side. It's a it's a doublet, but it has five-eighths wavelength on each side. That's that's quite large. And then it's fed with open line uh, coming down to uh, uh, a legal limit tuner outside. And uh, it's up about 90 feet in the air. So these two five-eighths antennas or legs up there they're about 174 feet long that's all i could get in my one acre yard here about 174 but it will tune pretty good it's about on any any band um the uh the tuner out there uh I just hit it with a little bit of rf and uh it will immediately tune it down to near a one-to-one -one, uh, uh swr so I was using that. I, I tried a couple other antennas. I've got, you know, for the show, we built a, a 3 8 wavelength vertical, and we built a half-wave vertical, and I tried both of those. Uh, they were, up, you know, uh, still, they were picking up a lot of static. Uh, I've got a, uh, uh, I was on 80 meters on an inverted V up about, it's probably about 40 feet. Uh, that's what I was using on 80 so uh, the antenna I was on most of the time was the the extended ZEP antenna. Uh, you know what? I need to turn off the mic over here. Let me turn it off. So uh, hopefully, hopefully I had a I had a wireless mic over there uh, at the speaker of the radio, and you were hearing all it other noise that was on there let's see what's going on in the chat room still have i shouldn't have static now i see yeah i was bad i was on the calling frequency sstv no one got mad you know i'm hey i would have moved if somebody said something i would have moved you know you know it's kind of funny uh 
you know, uh, we were going to make a contact with someone here this past year, and somebody came on and says, you know, we've been using this frequency for 15 years. And I thought, well, okay. I said, you know, um, you really don't own it, and you, you weren't using it, but I'm going to be Mr. Nice Guy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna QSY and let you guys have the frequency. Uh, so anyway, that happens sometimes. Uh, let's see. I didn't hear you, Bruce. Didn't hear you at all. Let's see. Try sixty meters. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'd have to get the book out to see how to get on 60 meters. I, uh, 60 meters in, in this ICOM radio are um, 60. Is that, the, is that the 5 megahertz, 60? Or is that uh, the 10? Well, the 10 is CW only. 10 megs is CW only. Uh, if that's the 5 meg band, uh, uh, for me to get on it, it's channelized, and um, it is, uh, it's in memories that I will have to to get my book to see how to get there. But uh, uh, I hear people talking on uh, uh, the, the uh, 5 meg band uh, quite often. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, I, if I had whistled, I could have sent one. You know, uh, I worked in, uh, in telecommunications many years, and back in the early days, you know, you could whistle the tone. You could whistle a tone and make the modem at the other end answer you. That was kind of cool, you know. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Bruce, in my Sabre 610, I don't think I have to program the frequencies. I, th I think they're there already. Uh, I just have to go to a, to a memory, and they're there. And I just don't remember how to get there. But anyway, yeah. Okay, said so I, but I was the strongest. Bill says I was the strongest on 75 meters. Okay, uh uh david heard me on both uh 1840 yeah 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 um so if you're out there listening right now on shortwave you probably wonder what's going on well this is a show about ham radio and uh we basically had a formal show the first hour this last hour we had to get on the radio and talk to some of our viewers out there. And we did connect to uh, a number of people that were watching the show. Uh, band conditions were not great tonight. A lot of static tonight uh, on uh, on the band. So it made difficulty in, uh, in hearing people. But, you know, uh, I hope it does rain soon. We had not had any rain in about 28, 29 days. So uh, someone said it's raining over in Arkansas. That's the state. This Arkansas is only... 20 miles west of us, so hopefully we'll get some rain through there, you know. Yeah, the uh, after the show show was on the radio tonight, that's for sure. That's one thing. <clears throat> Look at there, there's two of me. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Well, enough of that. Okay. So, hey, if you're out there listening on shortwave, uh, that's what it is, a ham radio program. We're uh, glad you tuned in and you're listening out there. Uh, if you'd like to join us, uh, we're on every Tuesday. Uh, if you're on shortwave, you're listening actually on Thursdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on 7490. 
But uh, if you'd like to join us, our live show is on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you just go to uh, w5kub.com and uh, you can join the show. You can watch the show. You can, uh, uh, we have a chat room where you can join a chat room and, and watch uh, uh, and, and communicate with us and others there. You know, hey, ham radio has changed a lot since uh, I got in. Look, here, this is my first receiver right here. That's my first receiver right there, 80 through 6 meters. Look at that. That was a pretty neat little receiver, little helicopter receiver. Uh, each of those bands was just strictly a uh, ham radio band. So uh, that was kind of neat. And back uh, uh, in the 60s when I got my license, uh, as a novice, I could work code on 80, 40, and 15 meters. But I also held simultaneous uh, a tech license, and I was able to get on six-meter voice. And uh, the bottom band there was six meters, and uh, you can see that uh, the band spread on there. You know, that's four or five inches long for uh, uh, for each band, so uh, it was it was a pretty neat receiver there. It did me good. I miss those days. I see these things at the ham fest. I'm thinking, what did I do with mine? I, I don't even remember what I did with it. I'm thinking maybe I should buy one at the ham fest and get my old rigs back, but. I probably wouldn't use them. I mean, there's been a ton of changes in 50-something years, uh, and to the better. Um, you know, ham radio has come a long ways just in uh, the time that I've, I've been in ham radio. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, Bruce, uh, I guess maybe I programmed them into the radio. I, I did not remember doing that. Uh, I'll have to look and see. Um, but that uh, that uh, extended double zip would probably work very well uh, for the 5-meg band up there. Yeah. Uh, Seventy six fifty. <laughs> I don't know what Mark's saying. When, oh, 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 I see what Mark's saying. Yeah, hey, our shortwave listeners. Oh, I don't, hey, man. I wonder. Man, I might get thrown in jail for that. Mark brought up a good point. I was calling CQ on 7490 kilohertz. <laughs> Actually, it was, uh, it was a show. I think legally I can get, I can get by okay. But uh, it did probably sound interesting if you tuned across 7490 outside the handband. You probably heard me calling CQ and using a ham call. That's uh, that was interesting there. Yeah, some slow scan coming on over there right now. So yeah, you're right. I was on a slow scan frequency, man. Uh, yeah, Bill, that was a good receiver. I I, I really enjoyed it. My uh, guys, the first contact I ever made when I got my novice license, I didn't know much. My uh, receiver was a standard AM shortwave Westinghouse nine transistor radio. It was about this big, had a handle on it, had a whip you pull up. And uh, it wasn't made for ham radio. It had shortwave band on it. But guess what? The 80-meter uh, ham band... Was well, just about a half inch long there, and it had no BFO in it. 
So you wonder how I made a contact. I actually made a contact on it. I didn't know there was another ham temporarily in my little town. And I called CQ, and he answered me on CW. He was a general. And uh, I had a signal generator uh, tuned to the frequency near the frequency I was receiving on. And that made a beat note, and it allowed me to hear CW. And uh, I didn't copy much. I was so excited, and I wasn't copying it well and all that. So anyway, that was my first contact was on, a, I think, a nine-transistor general coverage Westinghouse receiver that was made for that. So right after that, uh, we went out and got this uh, SX-140 here, and uh, I used that many years uh, through my novice years and also uh, in, the early, uh, uh, in the early general days, uh, we were on AM, and uh, my transmitter was a 150-watt uh, AMCW transmitter, and uh, I actually built a plate modulator for it. It was 150 watts plate modulated, and it had a VFO in it. It was a T150, a night T150, and uh, uh, that's what I paired up with that uh, that receiver right there. Oh man, what a night! Okay, we got about two minutes till we uh, our show ends on shortwave. I want to thank everybody out there for for uh, tuning in tonight. Thank you if you're out there listening on WBCQ on 7490. I'd love to have you again next week. Shoot us an email if you can. Tell us where you are in the world and how you're hearing the station. Just send that email to tom at w5kub.com. Make a note here, guys. We're on every podcast carrier out there. Google Play, iNet Radio, iTunes, you name it, we're on it. You can download or listen to our show anytime uh, if if you listen to these podcasts. Join our Facebook group. Uh, it's called W5KUB. Uh, we got about 13,000 members in the group, so join our join that. And you can visit our website. Our website is called W5KUB.com. W5KUB.com. We'd love to have you visit our website there. Uh, so send me through, everybody, uh, and we will see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>